Welcome to the Televerse, the podcast just for TV. Because it's great, we're lucky they make so many fine programs to see. Your hustle and Kate like to debate the merits of all that they've seen. Comedy, genre, reality, drama, and anything that's in between. Welcome to the Televerse, less of the show. Hello and welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. And uh, Noel, we... Uh, we're starting to have more normal weeks for right now at least i'm jinxing it by saying that of course yeah you've you've ruined it all we're we're doomed a hole in the space-time continuum through that the just the hubris of that statement i would like to apologize right now for whatever happens by the time everybody's downloaded this um kate i just got an alert Wayne County has decided not to certify those election results <laughs> yep. because of what you just because said. Because of what I just said. I've, you yeah. know, again, I've doomed us all. Of course, the big TV uh, event today is, is, you know, by the time everyone's listening to this, uh, is one that we are not covering even a little, which is the series finale of Supernatural. I kind of am tempted to just watch the two-hour finale not having seen the last, like, four to five seasons. Sure. I haven't seen the last, this was season 13, 15. technically, right? 15. So yeah, I have not seen the last 10 seasons. <laughs> but hey, that first Ten, finale is really good, right? That season five originally planned series finale, that's an all-time yeah. great genre finale. That was really good. It was really good. And then Skinner shows up, right, in season six? <laughs> Lots of things happen in season six. But um, anyways, yeah. hopefully everybody's happy for it. Uh, I look forward to the many uh, videos I'm sure will be up online soon uh, with the, the final montage to Carry On My Weird Son. I will not think of Carry On My Weird Son without thinking of Supernatural probably ever again. For sure. It's such a great you know tradition that they established over there with that show. I have my issues with Supernatural and they are strong which is why I no longer watch it. But uh, I do uh, have an affinity for anyone as committed to their fan base um, and to supporting, you know, really un- like things that would make other shows and actors uncomfortable. They're like, hey, you you guys are kind of weird, but so are we. So let's just, you know, you know, keep on keeping on. So I, I appreciate a lot of the things they do over at Supernatural. I will appreciate them more if a certain um, barrier gaze is unburied in the finale, which is what I anticipate. And then what I expect, but we'll see. We'll see. Anyways, that is the big TV event that's happening this week that we're not talking about. There's a future event that has been, like, announced that I'm very puzzled by. And this is Disney Plus is rebooting Darkwing Duck, but we already rebooted Darkwing Duck, Noel, on DuckTales. What? 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 Nobody knows. Um, yeah, this was announced uh, early this week, late, late last week. Um, so it's like you said, it's being rebooted over at Disney Plus. It's falling under the Disney television animation um, like studio arm. Uh, Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg are executive producing it. But we've already, like you said, we've already rebooted Darkwing Duck. It it already exists. It's a thing. Like it's on DuckTales. Uh, you can just spin that show off and do it just like they did back in the 90s, basically. That's what they should do. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to do. Yeah. It's so it's very confusing. I'd, I don't know if it's just like some weird disconnect in terms of conglomeration stuff. 
um, or just everyone kind of went, meh, DuckTales is its own thing, so we're going to do this other thing, because Disney XD is a cable channel, and Disney Plus is a streamer, and we play by different rules. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't know why they're doing this, um, especially, like, given the fact that if they were going to do it, it would make sense to me to have the folks from DuckTales involved, given everything that DuckTales has been doing. But apparently they're not. So no one really knows anything except for the fact that this is in some degree of development. Um, But it's real weird. Um, Yeah, it's almost as weird as, you know, TBS going, we're going to cancel Conan a year early and he's going to do a variety show or something on HBO Max. And even Conan's like, I don't know what this is. I'm doing it. I just don't know what it is. (laughs) Yay money. Yeah. And like, Keep, let's let's see how many of my team I can keep employed this time. But uh, you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What does that even look like? None of us know. No, none of us know. None of us know anything. So yeah, that was the other big TV news I was trying to think of was the Conan thing. Well, I mean, I think that none of us knows anything is a is a great segue to our season spotlight this week, which is season two of June Patrol. Uh, we enjoyed season one quite a bit, so we intended to catch up with season two at some point. Some point has come, and it is this week. Now, this season only has nine episodes because it got cut short um, due to coronavirus. The intended ten... They had to cut it one episode short, so we'll be talking about that at the end of the show. If you have not seen Doom Patrol yet, probably wait until you watch it. Yeah. Um, I would. It is not a season we can talk about without really kind of talking about stuff. There's going to be lots of spoilers, is what we're saying. So, uh, if you don't want to be spoiled, I liked it. Noel, did you like it? I did not like it as much as season one. Ah, it's, okay. It still it was still entertaining, but I did not like it as much as I liked season one. Okay, so we'll get into that in our season spotlight. Um, but for now, we got a, a week in TV to get to, and to head into that week in TV, there was there was some competition this week for what song I should use, um, and of course, there were both options from the Amber Ruffin show. Like if slash when that goes off the stream, air whatever, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna it's gonna be challenging because I had to dig deeper to find songs but they had let me have this which is the song I actually preferred from this week's episode um but that one did they didn't put up on YouTube so instead we'll be listening to I don't wish him well which is Amber serenading uh well I guess the audience with her feelings about the election so uh I can sing carry on my wayward son real fast if you want to use that to second uh I mean I I, I was like it it's visceral. It's such a strong thing. Like every time I hear that, even just that opening, I just can see like the road so far. Like it's <laughs> it's really cool when a show does that well. Yeah. Like pulls off that kind of like a, I get. I just go to tradition. Yeah. It's really impactful because then like a show like Supernatural on for all of these years, the last remaining show from the C, from the WB mm-hmm. like. All these years later, like somebody you saw, I don't remember who it was, somebody that we follow on, on Twitter was tweeting about this. It not only outlived all the shows in the WB that went over to the CW, it re- it lived past reboots and continuations of those shows. Supernatural was on the air long enough for Veronica Mars to go off the air, come back, and go off the air again. You know, like, it's really remarkable. Admittedly on a different different platform, but still. The point I mean, remains. But the point remains. Yeah. Gilmore Girls did their Year in the Life special. Like, like several shows have done. Charmed has a reboot now. Like, it's it's remarkable. Um, And so when a show can manage to maintain fan goodwill 
and a positive, overall positive relationship with his fan base that long, that is, you know, and granted, not all the fan base, like me, but a significant portion of his fan base, that is an impressive feat, uh, you know, while still remaining at least an interesting show with some some really notable episodes. Like, that's that's not an easy thing to do. So tip of the hat to Supernatural. And also tip of the adorable, like, barrette or, or, or like, headband mm-hmm. to Amber Ruffin. Yep. Let's listen to her not wishing him. I don't want to say his name. Well, we'll be right back after this. him health so we'd live a very long life he'd live to see a divorce from his 20th wife she'd bleed him dry and he'd die penniless but I'd wish him well I wish him laughter in times that he's feeling tense but it's always other people laughing at his expense and it hurts his big dumb feelings but I don't wish him well I hope he develops a misshapen butt and can never find underwear and every kid who ever sees him says hey what's wrong with your derriere they stare again that was Amber Ruffin with I don't wish him well uh we will not be talking about the Amber Ruffin show this week uh but spoiler alert it's still delightful I still really like it yeah um this week we will be talking about the season finale of last week tonight with John Oliver the season premiere of the unicorn there's something about whoever she was um superstar had floor supervisor which we'll check in with pretty briefly same thing with mandalorian chapter 11 the heiress then we'll have thoughts i'm sure on the great british bake-off or great british baking show desserts week and we'll round things out with our twofer of the amazing race i'm not even walking i'm falling and give me a beard bump um which oh I'm looking forward to that conversation. Anyways, first up is Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, which had its finale. Uh, the highlight of this finale is obviously Adam Driver. Uh, that's oh. the clear highlight of this finale. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm of two minds about their decision to end it in a reminiscent fashion, calling back the 2016 ending. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how I feel about that, but yeah. uh, I definitely enjoyed uh, Adam Driver getting in on the bit. What What, what did you think? I mean, I was delighted by Driver coming in, um, but Driver's both such a professional that he really kind of startled me with his performance and like, it's very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also not so much a professional that he did not memorize the script that they gave him since he <laughs> clearly kept checking it on an iPad or something um, during during the bit. But I don't care because it was very funny. Um, I was both grinning like a loon but also deeply uncomfortable the entire time just because of how intense driver was um so i really really enjoyed it um and yeah no he is a mr bean cosplay oh that's rough buddy um (laughs) but no it was very funny and i do agree with you that the 2020 blow up thing i think is really nicely optimistic in a lot of ways as well um i am not as optimistic, but um, yeah, I don't know that I really love it because I mean, he's, he blew up his void. Is he going back to the, does, do they expect to go back to the studio in February? I'm guessing because they blew up his void. His yeah. void is gone. He explored the space and he found the door mm-hmm. um, and it was an order. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, 
I'll tell you, like, the main thing that really bugged me about the 2020 was the fact that to do all of that in one take and have the reveal, the lens had to be really weird. And it really bothered me. <laughs> well, that's what why I was like, where, how did they film? Where did they film this? What exactly? Had it, it was definitely a quarry somewhere. Yeah, um, no, I, I meant yeah. the the pull out from the void to the door. Oh, and all that. It was gotcha. they were definitely no, out of definitely quarry. A set somewhere. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. So then, because then I was like, okay, well, that means they had to build the set. Which is not a challenging set to build on the scale of things, but it kind of defeats the whole purpose of we're not going to endanger anyone's health for this show that we could easily shoot at my house. Um, yeah. Which kind of undercuts your message uh, last week tonight. Uh, so, yeah. the the What was jarring to me was the clear cuts back and forth between what was supposed to be Oliver in front of the blast and the long shots of the blast where he was obviously not in the frame. Not there. Yeah. Yeah. So like that was, you know, pretty jarring to me, but I did appreciate the fact that his face was pure. This is the scariest thing I've ever done. And I don't like it. I don't like it <laughs> during the explosion. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the, you know, what they were going for, like book ending this time, especially because they're coming back yes. in February. So they will be coming back like. Barring a successful coup, which we have not yet had the successful part, they'll be coming back during the Biden-Harris uh, administration. So, um, you know, there's there's some synchronicity to that and all everything. But, yeah, it will depend sort of on how they come back and some other things, how, how some other things go. I liked that they, there was an admission of, I really wish we were not ending the year with this, but let's keep talking about the election. Um I'm looking forward to what they will hopefully be able to do um, next year. And for exploding the door on this current version of the show, which I have enjoyed, but for me is not is not peak last week tonight. Yeah, and I think a lot of that boils down to the fact of how just really intense this year was. And the things that were really important that they needed to cover, that they felt they needed to cover, meant that they couldn't do what they normally do, uh, which they they acknowledged throughout the year. They were just like, we'd much rather be talking about obscure municipality thing, XYZ, than talking about the coronavirus again. But we have to talk about the coronavirus again because you people keep hugging each other. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I think that there's, there is the potentiality, and this gets back to like a lot of stuff of the idea of a normal, like the idea that last week tonight kind of for can represent that idea of hoping to get back to a normalcy in which we can do what we used to do, Mm -hmm. both from the show itself, but also just in our own lives. And that's hopefully not what we end up falling into like last week tonight showed because it's a television show and it has certain things that it wants to accomplish but we as a people and a society have certain things that we should want to accomplish and have been exposed over to the past year and those things should be priorities and should be pushed for um and you can't push for those things if you go back to normal yeah definitely you go back to the before times yeah um so yeah i thought you know it, on the scale of last week tonight finales, it was solid. Not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Not the least interesting. But, you know, I enjoy a giant explosion with the best of them. And, of course, that Adam Driver bit is a shoe in for best cameo when we get to the end of the year listening. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Next up is the unicorn, and there's something about whoever she was. Um, how did this episode for you walk the line of creepy versus charming? Because, you know, they established in their, their finale Natalie Z as a love interest for Walton Goggins, uh, but he doesn't know her name, so will he be able to find her? And that's inherently creepy. What did you think? So, I didn't really... I don't know that I found it particularly creepy. Um, it's a little creepy. Um, just like you're going to every vet looking for a lady who bought in a skunk. Um, that's not okay. You shouldn't do that. Um, for any reason. Um, trying to find her bumper sticker thing. Sure. But also then going to the place. Not great. So I think that there's a lot of like creepy elements to this but mainly i was distracted by the fact that this just felt like an episode of how i met your mother and i did not care for that feeling (laughs) um it was very much a how i met your stepmother kind Mm -hmm. of episode of things and i that i actively my brain was constantly pushing against that as like this this is all just a series of how i met your mother sketches of i just missed her as she comes out of the restaurant kind of thing um so yeah there's just a lot of there's a lot of stuff that I don't love, and I'm also very worried based on the one thing that they keep showing in the promo for next week's episode that I'm like, what are we doing? What mm-hmm. are we doing? Why why is he why is he Ted now? Don't be Ted. Don't be Ted. No one wants you to be Ted. Yeah, did it did it cross that line for you? Not the how I met your mother line, the stalker line. Goodness knows how I met your mother did that a lot. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought that they managed it well. And I thought they they uh the charisma of the cast and Natalie Z of course as well but the main cast helps a lot with that and the constant this is a bad idea it's a bad idea yes. stop doing this it's creepy um really helps and but what really what makes it stay on the right side of that for me is the performance from Goggins and how he behaves and interacts with Z when he sees her sure and interacts with her that because that's what's significant here um so the fact that he doesn't like stake out the um the vet and try to like like a different show would have him like try to sneak the files when the receptionist wasn't looking so he could like look through their old clients and like like he doesn't do any of that he stops by to be like did someone bring in a skunk like he makes a few calls is the sense that you get um and so it's and it's more about the fact that this person has stuck with him in his mind for the X number of weeks that it's been, that's what's more significant um, than anything else. So I'm looking forward to what comes next. I'm certainly very interested that most, but not all of the friends are on board. Um, and, you know, we'll see. Natalie Z is terrific. So having her in with this ensemble should be good. And especially with that little bit of tension so far. And I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited about seeing Z and Goggins together in a comedic setting, um, given Justified and all. Um, that will be delightful. Um, and I'll be excited to see Z also interact with the rest of this ensemble, um, since we don't watch the detour anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't been able to enjoy uh, her considerable comedic uh, chops for a, a couple of years now. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I'm just a little worried that this is just going to be slightly too creepy. Um, but I'm also worried that this is going to also be um, very short-lived. Um, yeah. yeah. How long is this really going to be? Um, 
not very long, I expect. <laughs> oh, man. See, I want, I want them to commit and bring her on, but I don't think that that's necessarily what they envisioned the show to be. So yeah, we'll I don't think so either. Especially given, like, last season, I feel like they realized what they had with this ensemble, and particularly the other couples. Yeah. Um, being much more of a driving force um, for the show. So. They're already short on time, as it is. Yeah. Because we, like, barely see the girls in this one, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, our next episode is Superstore, and we just wanted to mention Floor Supervisor because we were wondering who are they going to get to step into Amy's shoes. And this episode, I think, you know, it makes sense to have that be the next part of the show, like, the next thing that the the plot needs to tackle and having a very clear reason why it's not going to be glenn uh works well and dina's uh like her her thoughts on the issue and then the various campaigns back and forth work really well so having cheyenne as the you know puppet who becomes actually uh a rather uh interesting and hopefully long-lived choice in that role i think is a good shakeup of our previously established dynamics it lets uh it lets you know it it doesn't put jonah into the role of the responsible one which would be very easy for them to make that choice. I think this was a better choice though. Cause then he still gets to be like accent, you know, an accent. Um, and seeing how having Mateo and Cheyenne working together, um, like running things is seeing how that goes should be really interesting. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. What, what did you think of that choice? Yeah, it's a really good way of shuffling like the deck chairs, moving the deck chairs around, but still feeling like you actually did something right. Yeah. Um, because it just, it'll change a cup. It'll change particularly like the Cheyenne and Dina dynamic a lot. Um, which I think is like the big thing that you have to do after lose, losing Amy is you have to figure out the Dina dynamic for yeah. someone else. Um, cause that's, that's the big thing. Um, apart from Jonah, who, as you say, works best as like the co-lead, but also the accent to everything else because he's the straight man. Um, and Amy was also like a co-straight man for the rest of this group, but you can't put him in a position of authority, like you said, because then he just becomes the scold, the scolding manager. And that's not interesting. But when he's the scolding coworker that you can just keep looking down on, it's great. When you can, when you can be the scold, the nagging uh, coworker and the boss is, he's right. Even if he's annoying, then <laughs> there's more fun to be had with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm pretty excited about this change in dynamics, and I think it's it is very smart. And it also continues the show, making sure that um, its female characters are really front and center, um, because the the rest of the male cast is not equipped to be floor supervisor apart from yeah. Jonah. Because Marcus does no, no, absolutely <laughs> no, absolutely not. Garrett <laughs> could do it, but he doesn't want to. Right, absolutely. Garrett's Garrett's still too confused deciding what love feels like. Yeah. Oh, that look at Dina. Oh, I know. I'm like, oh man, they OTP in this. What do you think? Oh, they are definitely OTPing it. Um, yeah. Which I'm very, I'm here for. I'm mm-hmm. here for. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, more on that as that relationship develops. Uh, our next episode is The Mandalorian, Chapter 11, The Heiress. And this episode was just, I mean, like, I think it was pretty much awesome. Uh, bringing on Katie Sackhoff to be Bo-Katan and doing it in this way I thought was super fun. Um, obviously, we have an affinity for that character from the animated series with Clone Wars. And, and she's in Rebels, too, right? Yeah, I think she pops up in Rebels too, and she, Katie Sackhoff voices her yeah. in um, the animated series, animated shows as well. Well, and I didn't realize that they had based the likeness on Sackhoff's face too, because mm-hmm. um, like when you see her, it's like uncanny, and then they're like, "Oh, well, it's because it's because they started from her, made the animated character, and then cast her in the role in live action." So it's a bird. I thought that this worked uh, really well to uh, bring up some of the tensions we need in the character to like reveal that. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. No, other Mandalorians take their helmet off. Which, hey, I don't think it'll happen. But that means that maybe we'll get to see Pedro Pascal act with his face sometime at some point. Because it's not like a deal breaker for all the Mandalorians. Just his extremist cult of Mandalorians. So, there's you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> this is what I, what I took away from that. Uh, but I thought it was fun. <laughs> I liked it. I, I liked the other two Mandalorians who I feel do we we know them from the the Clone Wars too, right? Or no? I couldn't remember. I I can't remember. I just know that one of them is uh WWE diva. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Sasha Banks, yes. I wanna say. Yeah. Um but yeah, um I can't remember. And I didn't check. Um but yes. Um yeah. Yeah. So after um everything that's been going on with Gina Carano, uh let let's uh, less oh. less of oh. uh, that and more of Kara Thrace, please. I mean, more of Bo-Katan, please. Uh, there's just, there's just some parallels. There's not the same, not that many parallels, but there there's there's a reason they went to Katie Sackhoff, um, and she's very good in this. The action is very good. It's very fun. Uh, so yeah, the wig's real bad. But. Oh yeah, the wig's real bad. That headband is not a good, like that kind of works in animation. It does not work live action. But um, no. but having this be how he's gonna get to uh, Ahsoka Tano makes complete sense, and I think is really a really smart way to to, to approach it. What, what did you think of this episode? Yeah, I think the episode's fine. Um, I feel my hackles raising a little bit as like I this season's gonna really focus on Mandalorian culture, Mandalore culture. Um, which I'm has never been super interesting to me. Like there are a number of good like Star Wars, Clone Wars episodes about Mandalore. Like some of the best episodes are actually about Mandalore. Um, but it's never been the most interesting thing in the world to me. Um, so given that this season is really primed to kind of really deal with that, I I don't get excited. I really like the whole lone gunslinger sort of travel lone wolf and cub thing. Um, that the show has going for it, um, which this episode does really do a nice job of put riffing on with all those corns just trying to kill the child. Mm-hmm. No, don't kill the child. <laughs> um, um, so I think I think generally it works fine. It's just the arc of this season has me like a little bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, for my overall enjoyment, but I'm still liking the show, and I enjoyed um Titus Welliver. Yeah. Um, just solid cameo performance so good. of just delightful. I feel like um just a little bit like a little a, a very good little cherry on the Katie Sackoff Sunday of we get, but we also have Titus Welliver. We have Bosk, everyone. Yeah, uh, Bosch. Um, uh, Bosch. Yeah, um, Bosk was a 
Star Wars bounty hunter, then it's not the same thing, buddy. <laughs> um, Welliver is great. Um, but I feel like, and, and, and bringing him in, I was like, oh, well, obviously he's going to be recurring because you don't just get Dice Welliver for one episode. Oh, apparently you do. Okay. Well. You just get him for one. Yeah. <laughs> He's, but he's great. I mean, he's we, terrific. they may have just gotten Ming Na for one. So yeah, that's true. That's true. Last season. As exciting as that part of it is, the 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 my big takeaway is a hundred percent. Get Katie Sackoff her dark saber, man. I want to see that fight so mm-hmm. bad. <laughs> yes. No. This this is very much something I do want um, because that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I also just want to see Katie Sackhoff and, um, Gina Carlo Esposito in the same space together, because I also feel like that would just be, that would just be really fun to actor level. Just that energy would be really great. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. The only other thing I have about this episode is that I really hope that Pedro Pascal was actually in the episode since Bryce Dallas Howard did not get to work with him last <laughs> <laughs> when on the episode she directed last year, yeah. which was the um, Seven Samurai Rift episode. So I really hope that Pascal was actually on set for this episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm really enjoying uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's uh, direction when, when yeah, I've I'm seen her, her, you know, the different things I've seen her do so far. So yeah, it's, it's neat to, to watch her, you know, play with some more shots and get to do really get to do some action and some other stuff too. Yeah, it was nice. Our next episode is the Great British Bake Off Desserts Week, and Hermine gets her, like, she crushes it. We're all Team Hermine here at uh, the, the the Televerse. Um, so, Noel, what, what did you think about desserts? Because I pretty much loved it. Yeah, it's a really good episode. Um, and I read your review, and I was a little surprised about your take on the technical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we should start there. People hate that technical. I like it. Yeah, I know you liked it. And um, <laughs> I feel like it goes back to a discussion that we had earlier this season about pedagogy. Uh-huh. And if everyone fails, <laughs> then you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, they, they needed to give a sense of the timing for the uh-huh. the, the bake. Like, like yeah. you know, they, they, they needed to in some way communicate, not a specific steam time, but that, like, there should have been a clue at the beat like when they say do you have any advice it should have been the advice should have been make sure you save as much time as possible for the steaming or something like that because that was the issue that most of them had um and it was a very clear-cut one and i you know so so for me that wasn't a deal breaker because there were different levels of success with it so sure. so I didn't feel like they all failed. I felt like they had different levels of success. I feel like they had different levels of failure. <laughs> yeah, well and and I I I've realized through some, you know, you know, searching through the uh GBBO hashtag on Twitter, I have realized that I'm very much in the minority opinion on this one, which uh-huh. fair enough. Uh so so definitely the internet agrees with you. Both yeah. UK and US. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, that's the thing is I love historical challenges like this, like on this show. They're really kind of my favorite thing that the show does Um, because it's just like it's a leveling ground technical type of deal because no one knows what this is. Um, No one makes this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And only like one of them had ever worked, made like a suet pastry um, before, suet dough before. Um, which is also just obscure enough, I feel like, um, that it just kind of levels everything out, which is, I think, makes for really good television, but also really does a lot for the competition in general. Um, but I, there just needed to be something, I agree, to indicate the timing thing. Like, 
just giving them enough ingredients to make one to make just enough, I think is fine. That's I'm okay with that. That doesn't bother me. Um, it was just there needed to be, like you said, a better indicator about the time that they need, um, and then I would have been fine. Even just like you said, a hint, I would have been fine with that. Um, but not giving them enough of an indication about the timing that this this particular dessert really needs, I think, made me kind of frustrated. Um, the other thing that made me frustrated was, and this is not the show's fault. It's not anyone's fault. It's just everyone decided to do fucking passion fruit cheesecakes. <laughs> and yeah. if enough of your contestants are doing passion fruit cheesecakes, you just need to make the holdouts also do passion fruit cheesecakes. So it's just a passion fruit cheesecake challenge um, so that everything can get judged on the same basis. I don't know. It was just weird. And I'm not crazy about this season in particular, just having dueling um, what call it? Dueling taste profiles so aggressively the same, or like con- con- concepts for it. How's that playing for you? Um, I know you called it a Lottie, um, everyone ripping off Lottie type of deal. Um, yeah, well, because she had come up twice in a row, and then this week it comes up, but with everybody, uh, like most of the other bakers. Um, so, so yeah, yeah d- like like three or four of them. I feel like all did passion fruit. Yeah, all but one. Yeah, so yeah. Um, there's and there's some of that in the next episode as well. Uh, and I, you know, I'm curious when they finalize their recipes um, mm-hmm. because you get to through something that they say that happens in the next episode. Um, you get a sense that um, they have the flexibility to change their what they're making pretty much whenever. Um, so. I'm curious if like they're if like the passion fruit has just been really good, sure. you know, since they're in a, all in a bubble, or if like there's just like hive mind happening because they're all in a bubble together, like that wouldn't surprise me. If like they're taking because they're staying at the same hotel, presumably eating the same food, you know, getting de- delivered very similar. So like I wouldn't be surprised if that is causing some of these overlaps because it feels like there are more of them this season than yes. usual. Um. So so. I would be interested if, like, they've been having passion fruit, like, for whatever reason, as, like, part of their, like, breakfast, (laughs) continental breakfast array or whatever at the hotel. And so people were like, this would be really good with citrus. Because it felt like everybody was like, well, you're doing cheesecake. You need to cut that with something. Well, let's do citrus. Well, everybody does lemons. Let's do and and usually people do raspberry, right? To the right. tartness, right? And this time, like nobody, they're like, well, I'll do something different. I'll do passion fruit. No one else will do that. And then they all did that. Um, yeah. So it's been a very passion fruit heavy season. Um, it but, has been, yeah. yeah, yeah. So whether it's just coincidence or hive mind or uh, supply chain, even supply maybe? chain, yeah. Like who knows? But um, it's definitely notable. And uh, I was happy for the person who didn't <laughs> do that this time. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the cheesecakes were mixed, uh, definitely. I was hoping for better for those. But for me, my enjoyment of the episode really, like, arced as it went through. As, after the cheesecakes, I was like, okay, some of those look really delicious. Some of those look very sad. Um, but, okay, fair enough. Cheesecakes are always delicious. 
Um, then the next round is like, oh, okay, this is neat. I loved that they were all like, okay, well, I have no idea what this is, but it's obviously going to be delicious because look at these ingredients. Mm-hmm. Um, there were plenty of people on Twitter talking about how it looked disgusting and they wouldn't no. want the, they wouldn't want the, uh, like a full lemon in there. It's like, you are not understanding. That looks amazing. That no, looks it looked really, really good. I wanted to really eat good. it. Yeah, and it's just like there it's a 1700s lava cake, man. They like it didn't occur to me that that was like a thing that they could do in the 1700s. I don't know why it didn't occur to me. That's dumb. Of course, they like lava cake stuff then too, but like how cool, right? Um so yeah. I was really enjoying that. And then when you get to the jelly cakes at the end I was like so good. This is so cool. This is very yeah. very cool. <laughs> yeah. It's it, the jelly thing is by far and away the best thing I feel like we've seen this season um, in terms of challenges, but also in terms of like what's turned out as well. Um, the entire concept just really allows them to be really creative. Um, and I just really, really enjoyed everyone being able to show off different degrees of artistic ability, but also just kind of going whole hog on being given a really like literal blank transparent canvas and doing cool things. So even if I felt like Dave's looked untidy um, and almost like, I get that it was complicated to pull off, um, but it looked like, it looked a little bit like a child's painting in a jelly. Yeah, it did. Um, which frustrated me when you look at all the other ridiculous things everyone <laughs> did. Um, so I was just like, I don't under- I get that it's complicated what he did, like the layers and everything. I get it. It just doesn't look as good as these ridiculous flowers and a koi pond. A koi pond. <laughs> yeah, no, it was uh it was definitely very stylized. So like yeah. for me it was it was more of like a a stylistic artistic choice uh to do yeah. like very clean, sure. simple lines and and you know, think about it that way as opposed to going for something else. I like what I you know, the person who really had trouble was definitely Peter. But yes. um the like, because I thought Mark's looked beautiful. It just did tasted bad. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, if he had made his jelly better, like not too rubbery, like then I think he'd be be having a very I think he would conversation. Have been too, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, even like even if his if his jelly had been good, but the mousse was still bad, I think he might have skated by. If his mousse had been good, but the jelly was bad, he might have skated by. But having both of them was, yeah, that was too much. Um, but yeah, having that, like, like I mean, Hermine's poppy is just gorgeous. It's just so beautiful. So good. And I'm just like, I know that she joked about wanting to make it to, like, Pissurie Week, and she did. But then it was just like, oh, sweetie, you sold yourself short. <laughs> because you need to get to Dessert Week, clearly. Yeah. Um, Because that was, it was ridiculous. I, I don't know how she did it. Like, I, I look at it and go, I saw you make some of this. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> well, and the fact that none of them had experience with it before, like, yeah. whenever they started practicing, you know? Uh, it, it, and, and like I say in my review, you can't undo it. <laughs> it's not like you can just make a new one. You know, as soon as you start injecting that dye, you are committed. Or the, not the dye, but the jelly. You are committed. And so, like, it was just, it was a high pressure thing. But it, because it was, the, because none of them knew what they were doing and they all appreciated how hard it was, it also was a really fun energy in the tent, uh, which mm-hmm. really helped help too and, and yes, like, when, when they get to point. the end and they're like well i don't care i made a jelly cake guys look and it looks it looks great i can go home and i made this and i'm okay like it was lovely 
That's a great point. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but it it was just a really difficult week, especially given the technical. But then to do something like this as well, uh, that they didn't have any experience with, that's a really great point. Well, and they all did well. You know, they all looked good. I mean, Peter's didn't look great, but it looked good. Yes. And Mark's looked great. It just didn't taste good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, the only other thing that I have about this is that I feel really bad for Laura, um, because she just wants to put Peter in a cage and feed him cheese, and he's gonna <laughs> starve. He's gonna starve, Kate. He doesn't like cheese. Yeah, he so doesn't like starve. cheese. It's very he's strange. He's gonna starve in Laura's cage. Villain edit, right there. I don't actually like cheese. Like, <gasps> Peter! His parents clearly screwed up a lot. Clearly. Something, yeah, definitely. They didn't. It's just weird. It's yeah. not weird. It's fine. It's People not have weird. People tastes. have different we tastes. Shouldn't we shouldn't judge. It's not yuck. They're yum or yum. They're yuck. Whatever. Yeah, but, but cheese is delicious. Cheese is delicious. Some cheeses are delicious. Some cheeses are not. Most but. cheeses are delicious. Yeah. I I cannot think of a cheese I've had and not liked because I like the stinky cheeses too, like the spreadable, right. like like that. I'm I'm all about the cheeses. Um, you don't mean stinky. You mean aromatic. Sure. The thing that I, yeah. I like, I, I like, I had no interest in eating her means cake. I just wanted to look at it because, like, yeah. when she says uh, it's a Anglo-Saxon thing, I was like, oh, oh my god, oh my god, her means the best. This is hilarious. I laughed so hard at that, just so hard. Oh my god, it was so great. Um, but, but like for me, the notion of it's cake and mousse and and also jelly. I don't want to eat jelly with cake. Maybe yeah, that's a me sure. thing. I have no interest in that texturally. I've never eaten jelly with anything. Um, I, I mean, I've had like gelatin type stuff before, but I've never, I don't really like it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that I would have enjoyed this as well. So I agree. It's an Anglo-Saxon thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, any final thoughts on this? Any any hopes, anticipations for Patisserie Week? Um, I mean, no, I'm just very excited. Um, but I, I, I just want David to go. He's so boring. He's just so boring. <laughs> I will say this. The next episode, one of the rounds, I won't say which, because that okay. would be too spoilery. Um, of all of the bakes, Dave's is the one that I'd be like, please, to me, in my belly, this one mm. is the one that, for me, eating yes, please. So we okay. can talk more about that next time. Um, okay. Yes. Well, so he doesn't go home. Okay. Well, not necessarily. I'm not saying that. Yeah. I'll, I'll say each of the bakers does really well on at least one round. Okay. So it's like there's it's a, it's like there's a clear by the end there's a clear top two bottom two and it's mm-hmm. a question of like and the and then how far apart those like there's a gap in the, between the top two and the bottom two but one and two is close and three and four is close. Okay, I gotcha. So that's all I'll say. Okay. But, more on this next week. Our last episode is The Amazing Race. I'm not even walking, I'm falling, and give me a beard bump. So I'm sure you have capital T thoughts on this. Because, like... Fucking alliance, man. Fucking alliance. Well, you know Some what? bullshit. I'm looking forward to the alliance breaking down because Gary and D'Angelo aren't helping at all. And the other teams are over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm also, like, I know that this is all fair play and everything, but I also feel like the producers at some point should have been like, Folks, you need to do the challenge. Yeah. Like, you need to do the challenge. You can't just give each other the answers. It's fine in, like, the marketplace, and you're just kind of pointing people. But you're yeah. just literally telling people what the answer is. Yeah. When they didn't even notice any letters. Yeah. 
They didn't even see that there were letters. Well, and I think, you know, who knows, but I get the sense that the, the producers were like, you can just go ask someone to help you with the unjumble the letters because all the other teams were helping each other anyway. I'm sure they didn't right. tell them that, but like, yeah, like I, I, like when she, when, who's it, Haley goes in and starts asking people to help her unscramble the letters. Uh, I was yeah. like, there's no way they would normally let them do that. That's not a thing they normally do. I, yeah. I'm sure that they did that because they, they knew it was a non-elimination. They knew that there was um, an equalizer the next round, so it wouldn't matter. And they didn't want to be out there all night. Um, so everybody else had help. Uh, let's let's let them go ask strangers for help because it's at least somewhat closer to fair. Yeah, and asking strangers for help is not outside the norm on this show either. Like, you, yeah, people routinely ask for directions. Mm-hmm. Um, they routinely ask for like slight translations for things. Like, it's not outside the norm to go do that. It's a little weird in this case. Um, it's like just left of center weird um, for the show. But yeah, I just got so angry. When they're just like shouting the answer at them after they've walked down. And I'm just yeah. like, no, that's not the point of this. I don't care that it's not best friends race. Oh my God, that was that was hilarious. More on that in a bit. Um, but also like the thing that you contribute to this alliance and to your own team is like for, for Hong, right? Is you are smarter than some of these other people, right? The thing that they contribute is they are physically stronger than you they will not be able to help you with things that are physically taxing uh-huh. so if you are like telling them the answer and i'm guarantee guarantee you there was a thing where your partner can't tell you anything can talk to yes. you so otherwise she could have just told the partner and they you know instead of having to wait you know but um you know but, but seriously like the the notion that like they they aren't helping and the only people who they are just getting help from other people. They are not contributing at all. They like if they had given her the taxi, then it would be like fair see, there's an example. Fair play. That works. But they didn't even do that. <laughs> so like I I'm looking for I liked when Will and uh and James, right, were like, we have an alliance with primarily beard bros and these two, but also secondarily these other guys, but like that's not the real alliance. I was like, yes. This is the this is the second tier alliance level shenanigans that I am looking forward to. I also was looking forward to um I like the blonde bandits much better than the blondies by the way. Um the the different like connections that the, like the 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 bl- blonde bandits beard bros connection with the beards was fun. Um like I, I like the notion that that will get things will get more complicated as they get down to top 5s top 6s next week, right? Yeah. Um and that I think and will make it more fun. Leg. The mega leg in India. But uh, but no, this episode when literally only three people figured out, out of seven, figured out the thing. And Hong was the only one who figured it out on her own. Like, that, that's a problem. That, like, that, that is breaking the race of what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and, and props to her. Because, like, until I realized that they were flashing in two sets, I was like, how, how is anybody going to get that? Like... And then I realized, okay, well, they have mostly, not all, but mostly they have the letters in the first half of the word as the first group and mostly the second, you know, then it's not as bad. But I think that was a really tough challenge 
Yeah, no, it was a really tough challenge, though. I'd also let out just this huge belly laugh because she's just crying the whole time. And they yeah. ask what the word is, and she's like, it's sauerkraut. And I'm just like, how did you put that together while you were just sobbing uncontrollably walking <laughs> down this building? Oh, man. I saw a bunch of people uh, reacting to her, like, the dynamic between Hung and Chi about, like, you get 90 seconds to be mad kind of a thing. And people were like, oh, that's so, like, if a man said that to a woman, it'd be so sexist. And, like, you, this is so controlling all this stuff. Yes, I hear that. But also, like, first of all, she does, she, she is already beating herself up entirely, mm-hmm. like, constantly. Yeah. Guaranteed. Like, as someone who had to really work to not feel like I had to be nice all the time, and it was, like, if I was, if I was just even short or just didn't humor someone who, who was like, you should smile, that that was a fault with me. It took me way too long to get over those hangups. I can see that in her. And some of it maybe I'm projecting, but I don't think I'm projecting that much. I don't uh, think you are. No. And, and so, like, she's already beating herself up. And she also knows her husband and knows that he's pissed off, but he isn't, isn't trying to blame her. And so he's bottling it up and it'll come out in a bad way. <laughs> so, like, I, like, I, 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 they, they remain my favorite team. My yes. second favorite team is Beard Bros. And mm-hmm. then, and then at this point, probably the Blonde Bandits. Cause again, I appreciate their, their headspace and their approach to all this. Like, yeah, they're, they, they're just doing their best and going with it. Yeah. So I, I, I'm on and board. What do you think? They have, they're, they're getting such a strong underdog narrative crafted around them as well which helps um but like you said especially within these two episodes they're just really embracing the weirdness of being on the amazing race um because like the whole thing with them just wandering around for most of the second episode with the glued on beards is just so good Mm-hmm. It's so delightful. Um, and them just going with it. Like, it's just like, yeah, no, do you want to tug it? Tug it. And it's just like, it's so good. And also, they look really good with the beards. Yeah, like pulling it off. Pulled it off real well. Um, they should just keep them. They look yeah. great with the beards. Um, so I think that, yeah, no, I, I agree with your ranking as well of like contestants, uh, teams I'm enjoying. Um, because I think that's the correct, that's the same order for me as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, um, that was Berlin. How did we feel about, um, everything in Kazakhstan? I, um, I liked some of the challenges, I thought they were fun. Oh, I also liked the bucking chicken challenge. When I realized oh, they had cue I cards, think, that really helped. Yeah, that does help. I was glad that they had cue cards for that. Um, and I was disappointed that more of them did not go to do that, because... That looked fun and delightful and much more interesting than the yoga was. The beer yoga, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I also always appreciate when they have a challenge like that that involves, like, alcohol or if they have a a challenge like that that involves meat or something, they they tend to give it an option in case someone is sober or someone uh, is vegetarian, that kind of a thing. So I appreciated that awareness. Um, So that was super fun. Um, And... I, I liked the challenges that we got in Kazakhstan. I thought these were good challenges overall. Um, the, the notice all the details in the yurt was neat. Um, the, uh, the I had one of our favorite lines. This isn't the amazing best friends race, um, listeners. If you don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race and specifically you don't watch Untucked, you're only getting half the story. Um, <laughs> this isn't RuPaul's best friends race. Is an iconic. 
iconic quote from RuPaul's Drag Race. So the fact that Will and James <laughs> pulled out the reference here after after encouraging the blondes, the blonde bandits to um, to delay uh, Leo and Alana uh, was just like it was like TV reality nerd Nirvana. It was a great little moment. It was abs- and the delivery was fantastic. It was. Super fun. Um, I thought it was a good mix. I liked the stunts. I liked the observation. Those were good counterpoints. And uh, yeah, it was it was cool. I'm looking forward to the next one. What did you think about the yield? Oh, I thought it was absolutely the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think if Leo didn't like it, then he should have told her about sauerkraut. And he didn't. <laughs> so if, if, he had, if he had told her about the sauerkraut, then it would have been like, ah, oh, it's a dick move. But he didn't. And they already like did them a favor, so there's no no nothing wrong there. And actually, to his credit, Leo had uh, both Leo and Alana are on Twitter, and mm-hmm. Leo tweeted a thing like "Fair play to the blonde bandits." It's exactly the same thing as we did the week before. You know, not telling her that answer because you're just trying to stay in at the end. And as Alana, in the moment, it takes a lot of you know clarity it speaks to a positive element of her character in the moment she's like yeah but like we delayed ourselves more than that 20 minutes taking forever with their challenge um the 10 times through the stunt thing so So like things yeah so to have the like uh, the self-awareness to be like yeah that slowed us down but really what slowed us down was our failure in the detour um that speaks well of them but i'm not i'm not gonna miss them yeah no i'm yeah same um yeah no i agree with your read on all of that so i don't really feel the need to add anything to it um and i agree with everything that you said about the yurt like really classic amazing race type of challenge of notice all the details um it felt a little repetitive after also a notice all the details Mm -hmm. uh thing in the action set pieces but also a notice all the details with the trucks trucks. um so it's just like a little repetitive um and not in a throwback way like you were earlier just you're being a little repetitive this season uh but it was still like fun to watch them put everything together and i also appreciated that like both of these episodes have the footballers really at each other's throats as well um like as a team they're kind of starting to crumble a little bit um so watching i'm really curious to see how they're gonna fare in the mega leg yeah um if they're going to be able to keep themselves together basically um because i don't think that they are especially if the diabolical top tier alliance is ready to edge them out <laughs> well like if, more specifically if their alliance teammates stop giving them the answers and like mm-hmm. you know holding their hand through the the most difficult challenges for them at least uh yeah yeah then we'll see well, what happens. You, we say that but they also just botched the watermelon challenge, which they thought was a physical challenge, turned yeah. out not to be. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one where Hung and Chi could have told them what they were doing wrong and didn't. And yeah. if they had, it would have been another example of them getting helped, but not helping anybody else. So if they do something in the next episode to contribute to the Alliance, then like fair play. Oh, you know, we should just briefly, quickly mention is I did really enjoy the driving challenge. What did you think about that? I enjoyed it, but I also appreciate that some of them were just like, we're not going to figure this out, so we're just going to push it, or <laughs> we're we're not going to figure it out, and we're just going to leave it here, and we're just going to go. When, when Will and James is like, does it say we have to drive? Does it say we have to drive? Tayson says, take a, take a taxi. Yes! Good, because yeah. we left our car over there. <laughs> Which is a thing you can do when you, when you have a walkie to the producers. 
Yeah. It's just like, we're just going to run. We trained for this to run. We did not train for this with an archaic stick shift from the Cold War. (laughs) We're just going to (laughs) go. Very fun. Um, Okay, well, we have two more episodes next week. So uh, looking forward to the Mega Leg and see see what happens with all that. But what wins your week in TV? Good question. Um, I think I'm probably going to give it to The Amazing Race this week. Um, Mm -hmm. But also, like, side category, the jelly desserts. Mm -hmm. Specifically, the jelly desserts on Bake Off. Um, So, yeah, both of those, I think, kind of win my week. What about you? I really did enjoy DuckTales this week, which is our flashback episode. Um, And Amber Ruffin, always great. But, yeah, I'm going to give it to Bake Off, I think, this week. I I also like Mandalorian more than you did, but... And I really did enjoy Amazing Race 2, but Bake Off for me. Now we'll take a break, listen to uh, a trailer, and come back to talk about Season 2 of Doom Patrol. If you want to understand what I've done, I needed to find a way to outlive my daughter. So I began my experiments in search of mortality. I'd make some adjustments to people. Barry. Anyone I get close to, it always ends in pain. Rita. Sometimes the easiest pain to ignore is our own. Jane. I've got 64 personalities. I'm Miranda. Penny Farthing, sir. Baby doll duck. Hey, Siri. What's the Doom Patrol? Stop doing that. My name's Vic. I'm dealing with some kind of post-traumatic stress. Booyah. And you, Cliff. Get your ass back here! She will unleash hell on earth. I told you to be polite. And you will be powerless to stop it. Help me find her. I don't know how you handle things like this. Well, typically we just kind of wing it. You bring the sun. I'll bring the open sky. You bring the moon. So you want to become a superhero? have gotten pretty impressive. <sighs> now I'm going to go get a ladder. What a morning. What a night. Those annoying, feckless losers that I live with are my family. They may be spineless, but I know deep down they all care about me. Ready for a hug? Do not. Coming in for the hug. If we want to be a team, we have to make the effort. Time to take out the trash. That was the trailer for season two of Doom Patrol, available streaming on HBO Max. Season three is coming at some point in the future. Um, So we enjoyed season one. Season two, uh, thankfully, drops the uh, Mr. Nobody stuff, which I really did not care for. He got a voiceover gig. Got a voiceover (laughs) gig, you know? Um, And uh, and instead brings on Dorothy and brings on um, a, a lot of new stressors for our team what, what did you think of season two i think it's fine um i sort of missed a overtly antagonistic force okay. um that we had in nobody um but i also kind of missed the the shorter episode order gave them less room for me for like weirdo experimentation which is the thing that i really tapped into in season one even if season one felt 
a little too long. I also appreciated the fact that they could just do some weird shit. Um, and this season has some weird shit in it. Like, actually some really delightful weird shit from the sex men <laughs> to um, the with the Danny party. Um, which I think is also really great. And I really enjoyed the Danny party episode, um, which has the sex men in it, which tells you that sex patrol is probably my favorite episode. Um, but yeah, but I do think that there's also just there, they went from such a kind of a big scope, I think in season one with their ensemble really, and then really narrowed it down thematically speaking this season in particular, that the show just felt a little more claustrophobic to me. Okay. So I kind of struggled with really enjoying it. And I think a lot of that also boiled down to the fact that the cast was always kind of splintered off this season a bit more, which I didn't really love. Um, I liked it, liked the show more when everyone got more time to interact as a group, which just kind of kept not happening this season, it felt like to me. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I really liked a lot of the season. And while I agree that the show is better when they have more space to do weird stuff, um, I was much more interested in Dorothy and the, was it the Candlemaker? Yes. Than in uh, Mr. Nobody. Like, Sure. And that's fine. No yeah. comparison. Much more interested. Yeah. And much more interested in uh, Miranda and what's going on with Jane than in the Mr. Nobody stuff. So uh, I thought, actually, the, the through lines that felt the most contiguous between the two were everything that we were getting um, with Larry and his family that felt very organically connected. I thought that worked. Um, the stuff for Rita and her mom kind of came out of left field, but made sense to me. So I was okay with it, but I would have liked... Uh, I would have liked, it felt like they got an idea partway through and decided to go with it as opposed to something that they were, had been seeding in that really connected and made sense. Yes. Um, but I, I continue to really enjoy their connection. Having, having Cliff be like, hey, wait, I'm Robot Man, or, you know, and, and he is Cyborg, uh, also Robot Man of a sort. We should team up and be a buddy, buddy crime fighting duo was absolutely delightful. And then, like, that action sequence, like, opening credits versus the Avengers one with Rita. Delightful. Uh, and, and so I think that that pairing is nowhere near as successful as Cliff with Jane, but yes. I like that it let us explore some new things for, for Vic. And I liked his love interest that we got Ronnie and, and some of the other stuff that continues to be playing out with that. I also thought it just made sense when you have taken such a big turn that they have with the chief at the end of the, the first season why wouldn't Cliff go and try to get help from Vic's dad? That only yeah. makes sense. So, like, for me, there was a lot of things that really connected in in a, in a good way. But I agree that the um, the reduced episode order, like, I, I liked the Danny episode. But, like, the solution of I'm not going to be a street anymore. I'm going to be a tire because the plot need, needs me to not be a street anymore so I can't take in Dorothy did not work for me. They did not yes. sell it. Anywhere near as well as they should have. I'm hoping that, like, the next time we see Danny, they're in some new, you know, mode of their existence. Um, because, like, it doesn't, it just didn't make sense to me. What is Danny the tire? Like, how does that, so Danny is not interested in being a street for Danny Zins anymore? Like, the Danny Zins just kind of, like, hang out with the tire? Like, it, 
for me that that was kind of messy because of what the plot needed to happen versus yes. Danny just saying, no, I refuse to do this. I su- you know, I support you, Chief. I get what you're doing, but I will not do this. Peace out, bye. You know? So, like, there was some good messaging, but there were some edges as well. And I very much think that the tires, the start of, like, a party bus is how I'm imagining okay. it. Okay, <laughs> okay. That That's how I'm picturing it, or, like, a very long stretch party bus, like, just a big one. Okay. Um, But... Yeah, no, I agree with you that the resolution of that is very much a narrative-driven conclusion as opposed to a character-driven conclusion because Danny is a character. Um, and that was really frustrated. Um, that was like the big hang-up in that episode for me. Um, and you bring up a really good point with Rita and her mom. And I agree with you that it very much felt like an idea that kind of came in the middle of whatever they their thought process um, and this extends to Vic to a certain degree as well, because they spent so much of his arc last season dealing with his dad that they couldn't really hit these same beats again, because so much of this season is very much about fractured families really aggressively. Um, from Larry's family um, with um, all his with his family, uh, which takes such a dark turn after being so hopefully optimistic. <laughs> And then just completely collapses. Uh, And really scarily as well. Like that whole confrontation at the barn with the Bureau of Normalcy showing up is actually quite scary and really nerve-wracking. Then everything, obviously, with Cliff and um, his daughter and impending grandson. um, Building on all of that. And then, most obviously, Dorothy and Nigel. Um, that they really wanted to zero in, in on this and like start drawing as many parallels as possible. And then they go, oh, right, Rita, Rita. Um, mom had sex with the producer and she saw it. We're going to go with that. And it's like, that is, that is, this is nothing. This is literally nothing. Um, and it's really hard and it pains me because Rita's, my favorite character on this show, um, to a large degree. Like, I really like April uh, Bowlby's, Bowlby's performance, and I really like Rita as a character. Um, but the show just doesn't know what to do with her this season, despite hitting these threads and then none of them going anywhere. Um, and then just the entire idea of family also plays really heavily into Jane's thing with Miranda and with Kay. Um, and I... The Jane stuff is, I think, by far and away the part that I really, really liked the most. And everything in the underground, I thought was the most successful overall. Um, the most most successful aspect of the show overall. Um, and it was the one I was most interested in. Because, well, I liked all the concept of Dorothy as this sort of um, almost like Franklin Richards-esque character. For those of you who know Franklin Richards from Fantastic Four and his extreme... Alt- universe altering abilities as a mutant um from uh reed and sue richards over in marvel um it's very much the same kind of thing just in a different played and slightly differently here um that i just i never got fully engaged by it and i kept waiting to be and dalton i think does a really really great job with everything that he's given to do in this season like it's all really really good but i just never found a way in and i couldn't figure out why 
Interesting. Um, I thought that the performance from the actor playing Dorothy was really good. Um, and you know, the fact that they managed to bring back Slava and have us like, be like, eh, we'll go with it. says a lot, <laughs> but, um, the, you know, I'm curious cause they're going, they're clearly going a different way than in the comics with Candlemaker. Yeah, sure. Cause in the comics, I like, I guess spoiler for the comics, the candle, the Candlemaker is like, um, basically like a tulpa kind of a thing where it's like the a being that has been manifested by the generalized anxiety of the earth of everybody on the earth around nuclear power uh and okay. nuclear or armageddon basically and and this in this season they talk about how it be it being something from slava's like her people or something like a curse like it's it's something that predates nuclear armament so it's it's going to be a different something different um so i'm curious to see what they're doing with that uh i i think that the season did not do anywhere near a good enough job of explaining that her ability is manifesting imaginary friends it just like like she can manifest imaginary friends and these imaginary friends might have abilities like the candle maker does to grant wishes but the other ones don't have those. They might be super strong. Herschel is a little scary because he's a giant tarantula. Um, but, oh, such a good egg. Um, but, so, so it's like similar to Jane, but different. And the, the candle maker is definitely specific. And so the idea that she's got similar powers to her mom, but maybe more powerful and able to, con- create more friends like I, I wanted more clarity which is why i went and googled it and looked up and found you know what is the deal here because it was not explained well enough i think if it had been that might have i'm guessing that might have helped a little yeah. bit for you yeah i think connecting to her yeah because i do think that like the way that they play it because of the candle maker her powers implied to be universe altering to a certain degree and now that mm-hmm. you've laid it out i'm just like yeah that's not right that's what i said is not right but that's the yeah but there's no way for you to know right. that unless you Google yeah. it. <laughs> and the way that the show splices that hair, splits that hair, um, is really, is kind of frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you've said that, I think that might have been one of the hangups. Um, because, like I said, it doesn't have anything to do with Dalton. It doesn't have anything to do with Abigail Shapiro, who plays Dorothy, and who I think does a really great job. Um, my partner and I were both really distracted, though, by the prosthetics. Because it looked so mm-hmm. much like what happens to the boy in the first Jumanji movie. Ah. And we were very <laughs> distracted by that because especially in profile, it looks just like the prosthetics works for Jumanji. Um, which, by the way, holds up. BT dubs, the original Jumanji movie, still original? really good. Um, I am I am curious about the remake, which I've never seen, just because of the cast. Yeah, same, delightful. but I just also not... I'm not willing to watch it just yet. Anyway. Fair enough. I will watch a lot of things for Karen Gillan. Yeah. She's I will, very good. Yeah. It's hard same. Um, was there anything else in particular that stood out to you about this season? What did you think about the Miranda stuff and Jane in particular, I think? Oh, I thought that stuff was really, really terrific. I'm, I'm assuming Miranda's going to be our next season baddie, season long mm-hmm. baddie. Or um, dad. Looking forward to it. Yeah, dad, it's not, it's not Miranda. As they very well, as they establish really powerfully and really effectively mm-hmm. um, in, in the penultimate finale. But it still works really well as a finale is the other thing we should note. It yeah. does. 
Yeah, it does. They do a good job. And and then they'll just do the thing where the premiere is the finale, yep. right? Where the, the the big showdown with the Candlemaker, instead of being the finale, will be the premiere. And then that'll spin off into what, whatever comes next. Um, I think the, the stakes of it were very, very palpable. Specifically with, with everything with the Candlemaker, yes, obviously. But also with Jane, uh, I'm very concerned for her. I'm very concerned for Kay. I think they did a much better job of emphasizing Kay and centering that dynamic, which is clearly very very intentional um i liked getting some different pieces of these different character like these different personas lives and personalities i liked the flashbacks we got for Kay, um and then miranda uh even though like you know the i mean her, that that boyfriend is what a piece of Just shit total piece of shit uh, that boyfriend yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and getting somewhat of like an origin story, the origin story of Jane taking over or becoming primary. Um, so I'm really excited to see what's going to happen next. I don't know how it works. Like, I think the finale suffered from Jane not being in it. And uh, so if I think there's going to need to be a splitting of that character into two. Okay, sure. For the next season to work, I mean, I, I we'll see what they do. Obviously, but I am leery about what it means if they remain in the same body, and we're going back. Either we don't get Jane very much, or we're going back and forth between Jane and Daddy. Um, so we'll see. But having Jane, like the stuff that they did with Jane interacting in the underground, I thought was really great. But I don't know that I want a full season of that because I think the other characters suffered from not interacting with her. The one thing I will say about this season, even though we didn't get a lot of group stuff, is that we did get a, a just enough different pairings this season. And by different pairings, I very specifically mean we got Cyborg and Robot Man. So we got Vic and Cliff together, which is great. And then we got Larry and Jane together, which is also like a pairing we just never got and i think both of those work really well and i really actually wanted more jane and larry based on that episode because it was really good um both from all three performers involved in that process it was a really good set of scenes that they got together and i really really liked it um and everything with those three performers with cliff and with cyborg was also really good even if again very brief. Um, what did you think about Cyborg's love interest with Ronnie? Um, because they kind of lost me real quickly with war criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I assume we're going to get more information yeah. on that. Uh, and they want us to like her. So yeah. I th- and I do, but then war criminal. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we're going to find out that war criminal means like, you know, she is like, like the serial killer who kills serial killers uh-huh. kind of thing where it's like, War criminal for people who was, uh, because she went and killed a bunch of people who were torturing people or something. I don't know. I'm anticipating something like that, but who knows what they'll do. Um, I, I really liked getting a legit love interest for Vic. I liked, uh, what that dynamic, like, allowed the show to explore with him and his insecurities and his experiences. I like, I loved all of the, no, you got to turn off that camera in group. You know, I kept waiting for her to tell him to power that shit down while we are having sex because I do not consent to a sex tape. So, you know, turn it, shut it down. And that didn't happen. So I don't know, maybe she's into that kind of thing. Fair enough. Um, it doesn't make any sense with what we know about the character, but hey, fair enough. Um, so, so I really liked what we got there, and I look forward to if they bring that character back. Um, 
Yeah, I assume that they have to. I feel they, they got it, right? And I think it was good to give us some space from, from Vic's yeah, dad. Silas, yeah. I think it was important. Just like I agree it was important to... I, I think it was a good idea to give us some space from the ant farm. Even like though the specter of it remains. Um, but having having some distance from all of that... <laughs> The reference to the butts was great. I missed the reference um, to the butts. What was the reference to the butts? Oh, well, it's because Vic talking about like like saying things to Ronnie of different things. Like, oh yeah, no, there's a secret a- agency that has man eating butts. D- or don't don't. Oh yeah, I must have just blanked that out. But oh, that's so good. It was just a little line about. She's like, what? She's, he's like, no, I'm serious. It's a thing. <laughs> it's great. Um. The episode we haven't mentioned yet that I really want to uh, make sure we, we, we at least shout out is Dumb Patrol, which I thought was great. The scans yes. with like, where they just like feed off of terrible ideas. Hilarious. Such a good way to go and a fun way to bring back Kipling. Yep. Uh, did you have any other episodes that you particularly enjoyed? Uh, Dumb Patrol is a really good call um, because yes, no. And it also allowed everyone to be really funny, which I really appreciated. Um, especially Matt Bomer getting to do some different kind of line delivery for Larry was real fun. Um, I also generally really liked Space Patrol, um, for the, (laughs) Nigel just being like, I'm not here to these three people is just the pioneers of the uncharted is just delightful of just, I'm not here. No, I'm not dealing with these three right now. Um, and he doesn't even know what's going on with the three of them. Um, he's just like, I am not here. Um, but I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed it as very much like a setup about Larry going forward with negative spirit. Um, hopefully that gets explored a bit more in the third season. And I would like Valentina Vostok, who's a canon character from the comics, reconfigured here, I think, a little bit uh, to come back as well. Um, so Space Patrol, Dumb Patrol, and Sex Patrol, I think, were probably my favorite episodes. But shout out real quick to um, to Dr. Jonathan Time mm-hmm. and his... I didn't know it was his head. It's just so funny. <laughs> it's just a big purple oh. brain. Um, the notion that, like, all of humanity peaked in the 70s. Yeah. Uh, with, with like, just, it's very good. It's very good. Yeah, so I think that those were my um, things. I think that there was something else I really, like, enjoyed as a concept, but I can't quite think of it in my brain anymore. Um, So it's probably the best time to stop, at least for me. Um, I can't think of anything. What about you? Was there anything else? I thought that they handled Fun Size Patrol pretty well, like, getting out of the pickle from the finale and just like, are you going to go feed the rats? Yeah. Feed the rats. Void filled. <laughs> Very good. Uh, and when you talk about those unusual pairings, Cliff and Dorothy, I thought also worked really well, as did Baby Doll and Dorothy. Like, was like, oh, they're both young. They'll get along great. Oh, oh no. Oh no. Baby Doll's a lot. So, um, yeah, I liked that the show went such a dark way with that, even if I was not ready for them to kill Manny and Baby Doll. And uh, was it Katie, right? Fire Katie or something? Yeah, Fire Katie and also um, like um, Scarlet Harlot. Um, Yeah. A couple of the personalities. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see how many of them stay gone. Because who knows with the well. But but yeah, I'm also like, I'm hoping that they are able to come back in some way. Who knows that they will. Like (laughs) killing off one of the more expensive versions of the character and the one who turns into flame. That makes sense from a budgetary perspective. It does, yeah. Um, 
But uh, I felt really horrible for Dorothy with losing Manny. So like, like I yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with that. But it was a it was a real hard turn with these characters, and like, I don't know how you. Like if you, when, I like that if you add Dorothy to the team, you also have to engage with the reality that there is serious risk in having a child around the Doom Patrol because they got a lot of issues and they are not safe to be around. And they just kind of pick up and leave whenever, so they're just going to leave a small child yeah. by themselves. Um, I did think of two things real quick. One. Denise's side of the story. I very much want to read that book. And I'm glad that the underground <laughs> had a book club about it. Like I was also really excited to talk about the dinosaur book. My partner was slightly confused by that joke. And then I was just like, it's animal <laughs> vegetable mineral, mineral man joke. It's just solid. It's just very solid. The other thing um, is shout out to Phil Morris as Dr. Cowboy, because Holy hell, yeah. oh, so that good. was great. Like I yeah. Loved Dr. Cowboy across the board. Um, it was just very, really, very really good. good. And uh, Phil Morris did a great job with that. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Cliff can't feel anything, but he can get high on ecstasy. Well, that's because it's all good like, for you, it's buddy. All, it's all up here in this brain chemistry. Yeah, it's all yeah. brain chemistry. Uh, yeah. That was very fun. And he should get more drugs. He should be given more drugs. <laughs> Every now and again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, well, I'm glad that you seem like you enjoyed it, even if I think I had a, had more fun than you did with this season. I, I definitely am really looking forward to season oh, four yeah, whenever same. it comes. And mm-hmm. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I, it'll be neat to watch it week to week, um, which will be a very different experience. It will be, right? It'll be weird, but it'll be nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, a few show notes here at the end of the episode. You can find a post for this episode over at theteleverse.org where you can leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the Leaks TV. You can email us at televerse at gmail.com. You can like our page on Facebook and start up a conversation there. You can find us in Apple Podcasts with an M4A chaptered feed and an MP3 unchaptered feed. We're also up in Stitcher. We'd appreciate ratings and reviews either place. You can find my bake-off write-ups uh, over at the AV Club, and we are both on Twitter. I am at the Televerse and Noel, you are? At Noel RK. Thanks so much for a great discussion this week, Kate. Thank you, Noel. And thank you everyone for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Televerse. 